This episode is brought to you by the amazing people who support me on Patreon. A big shout out to the multi-tier patrons, Terence C, St. Peaches, Earl B, and Christina N. For the tao-tier patrons, Brizo, Diwatahan, Mona, and Luna, Philip, Undead, Roman, Jordan, and Viren A. And lastly, a special thanks to Bonkers and Carlo C. Your support means the world to me and is the driving force behind Tabi Tabi Podcast, so thank you so very much for being part of this journey. And if you, my dear listeners, would like to join these amazing patrons, head over to patreon.com tabitabipod. For as little as 2 or $6, you can enjoy exclusive perks and help keep Tabi Tabi Podcast going strong. Once again, it's patreon.com slash tabitabipod. See you there. Mabuhay and welcome to Spooky Saturday, a segment of the podcast where I tell paranormal stories submitted by our listeners or explore haunted places in the Philippines. I am your host, Ethan. Hi. Another week, another episode. Thank you for making Tabi Tabi Podcast a part of your holiday season. I hope you're all doing fine. It's been cold lately, so please stay warm and safe. Lately, I've been having fun with the research and the format of the episode sort of changed from when I first started this. So after all the shenanigans from this year, it's kind of nice to see, to have some changes at least, and to see the podcast sort of getting traction again. So thank you to you. Thank you so much for being patient with me and I really, really appreciate it a lot. I know I don't talk about much. Uh, I'm very bad at that, but I hope to change that next year. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I don't have much announcement, so let's start this episode. So with that being said, settle in my dear listeners, and let's begin. Today, we are going to Siquijor, an enchanting island province nestled in the hearts of the central Visayas region in the Philippines. It is officially known as the province of Siquijor. It offers a great rich history and captivating landscape. The province is comprised of an island and its self-titled municipality, Siquijor, serving as its vibrant capital. Positioned strategically in the Visayan Sea, Siquijor is surrounded by neighboring provinces, Cebu to the north, Negros to the west, Bohol to the northeast, and across the Bohol Sea lies Mindanao to the south. The island's original name, Isla de Fuego, meaning Island of Fire, derived from the enchanting spectacle of fireflies illuminating Mulavi trees at night. But that's not all. Because sometimes, Siquijor is also called the Island of Witches. So, how did we go up from Isla de Fuego to Island of Witches? Apparently, back then when the Spaniards embarked on their voyage, some of their crew got sick. And this prompted them to seek refuge on the nearest island, which happens to be Siquijor. Seeking assistance from the locals, they were introduced to the traditional healing methods of the Siquijor people. However, witnessing these practices led the Spaniards to distance themselves from what they perceived as sorcery and witchcraft. Consequently, the island came to be known as the Island of Witches just because the Spaniards did not understand the traditional folk healing practices of the island. 
When Sikihor is occasionally labeled as the island of witches, owing to practices deemed unconventional by the Spaniards, interestingly, there might be a grain of truth to this name. Indeed, locals in Sikihor are said to have shamans and sorcerers who are believed to wield magical powers. To add to that, according to Dumaguete Info website, Residents in the vicinity of Sikehor identify two distinct types of witches within the province, the Mambabarang and the Mananambal. These groups often find themselves in conflict with the Mambabarang seeking to cause harm while the Mananambal strive to heal and preserve lives. You see, the Mambabarang, locally known as indigenous sorcerers, employ their powers to inflict pain, disease, or even death upon the enemies of their clients. Reports suggest that the services of the Mambabarang typically command fees ranging from 6,000 to 30,000 pesos. Surprisingly, individuals from neighboring provinces such as Dumaguete and Bohol are rumored to seek the services of these purported witches. Motivations for engaging the black magic of the Mambabarang include revenge for theft, resolution of land disputes, and addressing issues of adultery. On the other hand, shamans, referred to as Mananambal, identified as healers. They utilize their magical prowess to cure diseases and illnesses attributed to supernatural causes. These practitioners claim that their powers were bestowed upon them by saints or the spirits of the departed. However, Mambabarangs and Mananambas are not the only known figures in Sikihor. The island is also home to herbal healers or herbalists. The herbal healers of Sikihor are known to brew traditional potions even for most modern-day health problems. These potions are prepared with ingredients found in nature, such as tree bark, herbs, roots, and insects collected from what the locals call the enchanted forest. They are then mixed together and brewed in large pots to make the various healing potions and ointments. Then we also have some faith healers. The faith healers, on the contrary, use prayers to heal people. But the most interesting way of healing is offered by Bolo Bolo healers who use a glass of water containing a black stone as their tool for healing people. While most herbal healers live around the mountains in San Antonio and Cantabon, you can find faith healers throughout Sikihor. The Bolobolo healers, for example, can be found near Tulapos and Bitaug. I kept mentioning Bolobolo, but what exactly is Bolobolo? One of the intriguing healing rituals practiced on Sikihor is known as Bolobolo. Bolobolo healing, practiced in the barangay Kanhunughunug Sikihor, is a unique healing practice that is well known among Sikihor residents and tourists. Traditional healers use a straw-like wooden bamboo pipe called bagakai, a rare black stone, and a clear glass filled with water to draw the negative energy and elements out of the sick person. The session typically commences with the healer assessing the patient's pulse, claiming to discern whether the ailment is of natural or supernatural origin. 
Some healers may refuse to treat patients if they believe the illness is profane, directing them to conventional medical professionals. Others assert their ability to cure both natural and supernatural afflictions employing the same method regardless. So whether or not your illness came from supernatural or just natural causes, some bolo-bolo healers are confident that they can cure any ailments with just the same method. How? During the ritual, the healer drops a black stone into the glass. The stone is believed to possess magical qualities. Where did they get it from? I don't know. Moving on, the glass is then filled halfway with water. And using a wooden straw, the healer blows bubbles into the water while holding the glass against the afflicted area of the patient. I repeat, the healer blows bubbles into the water while holding the glass against the afflicted area of the patient. Over time, the water turns brown, murky, or even blackish. Occasionally, small stones, shrubs, bones, or other materials seemingly appear in the water as the healer continues blowing bubbles. This process is repeated until the water no longer becomes tainted, signifying the supposed cure of the patient. It is believed that the bolo-bolo procedure helps cleanse the patient. The dirty water represents physical and or spiritual illness, while the action of blowing air into the pipe towards the stone pertains to the strength and power of the healer to fight those ailments. And the clear water is a sign that the patient is healed. Now, obviously, there's going to be some skeptics. Not everyone is going to believe this type of healing. For example, skeptics speculate that the healer, the bolo-bolo healer, could be slowly regurgitating or spitting material through the straw, indicating that it's all a lie or that the healer had some stones in their mouth and then just slowly spitting it through the straw just to make it seem like the person had an ailment and they are able to cure it. Now, an account from penfires.com posted in 2012 highlights their experience witnessing a bolo-bolo ritual performed by a woman named Lola Conching. Consolacion Achai, better known as Lola Conching or Nanay Conching, stand out as one of the most renowned faith healers in Sikihor practicing bolo-bolo. Utilizing lana or oil in her healing process, she claims that bolo-bolo has the power to remedy various maladies and ailments, ranging from simple wounds to individuals who have been gipadaotan, meaning cursed by a witch or a black magic practitioner. In the article, Nane Konchings revealed that her healing abilities were not passed down to her. She is the first in her line. She also acknowledges that if her gifts cannot be transferred to a family member when necessary, she will be the last. Despite Sikihor's reputation, one might assume that people would avoid visiting the place. However, that's not the case. According to news.abscbn.com, despite Sikihor being commonly known as the Island of Witches, the local government unit is actively working to transform the island's image from that of a black magic to a healing island 
This shift is aimed at capitalizing on the traditional healing methods and indigenous cures unique to the island, marked by the initiation of the healing festival in 2010. The Sikihor Tourism Office highlighted the traditional healers, locally known as Mananambal, who engage in Pahiuli, a process focused on restoration or rejuvenation, reflecting the island's deep-rooted cultural practices. Despite advancements in medical technology, both Sikihod nuns and visitors from outside the province continue to patronize and believe in the powers of the island's traditional healers. The Folk Healing Festival, inaugurated during Governor Orlando Fuwa Jr.'s term in 2010, plays a pivotal role in reshaping the province's image. Fuwa expressed that the festival was conceived to boost local tourism and redefine the province as a destination where alternative medicine is practiced. The effort to position Sikihor as a hub for health and wellness is anchored in its historical roots. The festival draws faith healers from the island and beyond, attracting by the province's expertise in utilizing natural ingredients in potion-making skills. The Folk Healing Festival is strategically scheduled during Holy Week, with its pinnacle on Black Saturday. This timing is considered auspicious, aligning with the commemoration of Jesus' death and a period believed to be favorable for spirits to impart their powers. The rituals involve the gathering of herbs, plants, barks, roots, leaves, vines, shells, and other elements from the forest and sea during the seven Fridays of the Lenten season. This process known as pangalap is followed by pag-adlip, the preparation of raw materials on Good Friday. Faith healers then congregate on Mount Bandilaan, the highest peak of the province, to create potions and herbal medicines. The concoctions are meticulously crafted with their purpose determined by the timing of the cooking sessions. Certain regulations are in place though, permitting healers to collect potion components only on the seven Fridays between Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. And before venturing into the forest or sea, healers perform a rite to respect the island's lost spirit. While I did mention that the faith healers congregate on Mount Bandilaan to create their potions, it is also a place where they share their healing powers with people from various parts of the Philippines and the world. You see, the festival allows attendees to purchase herbs and potions directly from the stated location. The festival offers a fascinating blend of rituals, prayers, and traditions that contribute to the rich culture of Sikihor. However, Sikihor is renowned not only for its reputation with black magic or island of witches or faith healers, but also for the mysterious ghost ship known as the Tayog Tayog. Yes, you heard that right. Ghost ship. This is the second time I have mentioned a ghost ship in this podcast. And let's learn about that today. According to the locals of Lazi Sikihor, the Tayog Tayog appears every night between 12 midnight and 2 a.m., often disrupting the sleep of residents. 
The legend, circulating for approximately 70 years, recounts instances of a ship suddenly emerging and then swiftly vanishing within moments. The phenomenon has become a haunting sight, with Richard, a Sikiho resident, sharing stories about the Tayog Tayog since his childhood. In recent times, he has observed the ship multiple times, transforming ghost ship hunting into an attraction for tourists. Richard serves as a guide, narrating the intriguing story surrounding the mysterious vessel. Even skeptics like Lani, who initially considered the ship ordinary, changed their minds after witnessing its sudden disappearance. Lani, on occasion, invited friends to observe the ship, but its eerie vanishing act deterred them from getting too close. Attempting to substantiate the Tayog Tayog's existence, Paul, a former seaman and Sikiho resident, took a photo of the ship on January 3. He noted an unusual brightness in its lights that did not conform to standard patterns. And the Kapusumo Jessica Soho or the KMJS team consulted with the Philippine Coast Guard which reported no records or scheduled ships in the area. So, in an effort to witness the ghost ship firsthand, Richard, Lani, and the KMJS team members waited for its appearance. During their observation, the KMJS team recorded a mysterious light formation on the ocean resembling stories of the Tayog-Tayog. The ships seemed to cross paths with one sailing farther and the other growing brighter until both vanished into the dark. Perplexed by the phenomenon, the team reached out to the shipping lines in Cebu, Negros Oriental, and Mindanao to confirm if any scheduled ships were expected near Lasi that night. And there was none. Paranormal investigator Ed Kaluwag joined the investigation in Sikihor, but the Tayog Tayog, purportedly docking near a cemetery in Barangay Maria, eluded their pursuit. However, while Kaluwag said that the docking area was near a cemetery in Barangay Maria, the Healers Association of Sikihor disputed this claim, asserting that the actual port area is near a monastery. Anthropologist Professor Carolyn Sobrechea suggested that the observed ships might be real vessels misinterpreted as ghost ships, in line with the tales passed down by older residents. However, Richard and Lani remain steadfast in their beliefs that the videos captured by the KMJS team provide tangible evidence that the Tayog Tayog is more than just a myth. So, if you're from Sikihor and you know more about this Tayog Tayog myth, can you tell me more about it? I think it is very interesting. This is my first time hearing about it actually, so uh, researching it was really fun. Unfortunately, I couldn't find any accounts. Or maybe they are, I just can't understand it because it's another language obviously. But if you know any myths regarding the ghost ship in Sikihor, please tell me about it. I do want to make a separate episode out of it because I really 
recently I've been really into the ghost ships that we have because I know that we don't have just one ghost ship here, here in the Philippines. In Bicol, we also have one. We call it something of like a golden ship. And if I have time, I would love to go on a trip and just, you know, try and ask the residents here. But yeah, that's it for the Siki Horror episode. Whether you are drawn by the healing festival, the tales of the Tayog-Tayog, or the scenic wonders, you are encouraged to appreciate the island's multifaceted beauty. Embrace the deep cultural roots while approaching its mysteries with respect. And that is it for today's Spooky Saturday. I do hope you enjoyed listening to today's story. If you have your own paranormal encounters that you would like to share or any haunted places you want me to tackle, please email us at officialtabitabipod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Or, if you want to help support the podcast financially, please head over to patreon.com slash tabitabipod and for as little as 2 or $6, you can gain early access, listen to Patreon-exclusive content, and more. Or, you can always give me a tip on Gcash. Info will be listed in the description. Thank you so much for listening to Tabitabi Podcast. This has been Ethan. Join me next time when we explore more haunted places in the Philippines. Bye!